Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to To Empower You. I am your host, Thomas A. Deloach, and I'm so glad that you've decided to connect with me for these few moments in time. And on today's show, I want to talk about the spirit of unity. This is a teaching podcast, so take a moment and grab your Bibles and something to write with, as I believe, as always, I have a word from the Lord for you today. So let's get into this, the spirit of unity. So I'm not talking about being unified with the world. I'm talking about being unified with the spirit of God and one another, especially those of us who are followers of Christ. And since this is the month of November, I'm thinking about Thanksgiving, family, gratitude, Thanksgiving, how we come together with one another, spending time with those that we love and what makes November, Thanksgiving, a great time is unity. And so the spirit of unity suggests an attitude. So we're not just talking about, again, natural kind of unity or camaraderie that basketball players, football players have, but we're talking about the spirit of unity. And unity is a spirit, especially when we're talking about it from a Christianity kind of perspective. And so we need the mindset of Christ to be unified with him, but more importantly, to be unified with one another. I think what grieves the heart of the Holy Spirit more than anything, that Jesus died, he gave his life, and there's still a lot of fussing and fighting and disagreements in the body of Christ that just should not be. And so we cannot really do what God has called us to do because we're not unified. And so we have to have the same mindset. This is not about who's going to get the most shine. This is not about who's going to make the most money. When we gave up the eyes for the us, for coming together with the spirit of God and with you and I together and those that are in the body of Christ, we are on a team. And so the design of a team is we want to win and we want to be successful. But more than anything, we want to get results. And so it's time that we get results. So I thought about what I would talk about today. And so I think this is kind of apropos to some things that are kind of flowing in my heart today. I want to start here in Psalms 133, starting at verse number one and conclude at verse number three. And I'm going to take just these three verses and hopefully impart to you the spirit of unity and give you some things to think about during this holiday season in hopes that something would be birthed inside of you. A reconciliation might happen with you in the things of God, with Christ himself, with the Holy Spirit, with family members or brothers and sisters in the body of Christ that you really need to make an end of the fussing and fighting and all the things that don't matter because life is too short. The pandemic should teach all of us that life is precious. You can be here today and literally gone tomorrow. So we want to make sure that we are operating and flowing in the spirit of unity. The scripture reads like this, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. 
Verse 2, it is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down the skirts of his garment. Verse 3, and the dew of Heron, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. So there's a lot to unpack here. And so I'm going to do my best to, in just these few moments that I have with you, just share some things that the Holy Spirit pointed out to me as it relates to the spirit of unity. Now, unity in and of itself means harmony or agreement between people or group. But when we talk about the spirit of unity, again, as I alluded to in my early opening, we're talking about an attitude or a mindset that we're going to be joined together. It's a decision. I decided to hook up and connect with you and my attitude and my thoughts about the people that I connect with is always good. I'm not looking for the bad. I'm not looking for the negative. Even if I see it, the spirit of attitude says to me, we can always have a meeting of the minds to correct whatever is wrong or whatever is happening that we are just having a difficulty trying to get by. So God's unity is spiritual. You might want to write that down. God's unity is spiritual because it's coming from him. This is the spirit of unity. So you must be a spiritual person to walk in this level of unity. I'm going to say that again. You must be a spiritual person, born again, born from above. Remember, the old has passed away. The new has come when we are born again. So to walk in this level of unity and to walk in this level of love, you have to be born again from the same stuff that Christ was. And Christ was born again when he resurrected from the dead. He's walking in newness of power. Matter of fact, he's walking in all power. All power was given to him. And so if we're going to really move and flow and see the benefits of this, we have to be of the same substance that the Father is of. We have to operate in the same mindset. So here we are on the planet doing things, coming and going, transacting in family and business and in life. But the thing, the substratum that pushes us and causes us to do the things that we could not do is that we are born again. It's a new birth. It's an eternal birth. It's something that we could not get from mother and father, from a natural thing. The only way we can operate in this level, we got to have that kind of resurrection and born again quality. So I don't want you to dumb this down and think I'm talking about something natural here. No, this is a supernatural quality. And that mindset is so important that if we could come together and just agree, and that in and of itself might be a miracle, but if we can come together and agree in the spirit, that we know things are going to happen. Why? Because we know that the enemy is going to be fighting. We know that he's going to plant seeds of doubt. We know that he's going to try to worm his way into anything that is of God. He wants to try to tear it down. But because we operate in the spirit of unity and we've got our discernment working and we've got our ears pinned back in the spirit, we can see him coming and we can rebuke those spirits and keep our relationship together. 
Relationships are destroyed because we can't see the enemy working. So we're mad at one another when the spirit of the enemy is causing this dissension. And you would think that people would know this, but I'm telling you when emotions are high and people are angry and they're upset and they want to get some get back, they're not thinking. The first thing that goes is the thinking apparatus. We can't think correctly. We're not thinking on the level that we should be thinking on. And then after we calm down and we come off of our angriness and bitterness or whatever, then reasoning pops up. And you say, oh man, I made a mistake. I messed up. But sometimes the relationship is destroyed. So we want to be able to see what the enemy is doing because he wants to bust up and cause all kind of problems to happen in the dynamic of brothers and sisters in the Lord. And we can prevent this if we're walking in the spirit of unity. Let me give you this verse of scripture. Maybe this will help a little bit. In Genesis chapter 2, starting at verse number 23, and we'll conclude at verse number 24, notice what the word of the Lord says. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman. In other words, a man with a womb. For she was taken out of man. Verse 24, that is why a man leaves his father and his mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Check this out again. I'm going to read verse 24. This is why a man leaves his father and his mother and is united, underscore that word united, or unity, or the spirit of unity, to his wife, and they become one flesh. Now, man, there is so much here, but let me just kind of show you a few things that the Lord really helped me to see. When man and woman come together in holy matrimony, when they decide to take their relationship to the next level, you have to remember that there were other relationships before those two got together. And so we have to make sure that the relationships that happened before uh, we got together, now that a man and a woman is coming together, that those relationships understand what this dynamic is going to be. The problem that I see, and I've been married 27 years by the grace of God, and my wife and I have had ups and downs, in and outs like every other married couple has. But one of the things that we said from the early jump is that divorce was never an option. We knew that there were going to be some things that was going to happen because in marriage, things just come out that would not come out normally. So getting married and understanding that part of it, we understood. We at least knew that there would be some things I would say or she would say or others would say, and we would have to learn how to internal, not to internalize what people were saying or what we said to one another. And so we had to learn. I'm going to say this again. We had to learn how to practice forgiveness. You learn it. It's not something you're born with. You got to learn to do it and decide to do it. But in this particular passage, we see that the man leaves father and mother and is united with the wife. Why? Because it is the man that is carrying the spirit of unity, especially if he is a Christian man, a man that is born again, a man that is named Christ as his Lord and Savior. 
Now, for those that didn't do this, they don't understand anything I'm saying. And maybe this is the first time that you're hearing this as a Christian man, and maybe you're married, and maybe some issues will be rectified and just some things that I'm going to say to you about this particular passage. Remember again, without being redundant, although I am, this is why man leaves father and mother, because he was taken, the woman was taken out of man. The man was the entity and woman was taken out of his rib and God formed that rib. And because of that, this is the closest thing to man is woman, his wife. And because of that, she was taken out of his side and he leaves father and mother and is united with his wife. It's not the wife that is leaving. It is the man that is leaving because he's carrying the principle of spiritual unity. And a lot of men don't understand this because what happens is they never leave mommy or daddy and they get married to a wife, but they really never left home. And so if you would ask some women, they would say to you, it's hard being married to my husband. I love him, but he's got such a bond with his mama got such a bond with his dad that it's hard for me to connect and become one like the scripture says. Now remember, the Bible says that the two shall become one. That's a process, but the process takes long because man never leaves because mom still got his heartstrings. If something jumps off in the house after you get married, he runs to his mom. He goes to mom's house if he can go there, if the distance is close enough. And even if all hell breaks loose, he'll buy a plane ticket. He'll get a bus. He'll get on a three-wheel skateboard and a blind dog to get wherever he needs to get because he knows he's going to get some home cooking from mama. Or even if he's real tight with his dad, he knows that dad is possibly going to understand. Although men can be a little bit different after we mature and grow, we can correct and even rebuke our sons where sometimes moms won't do that because this is my baby. But your baby boy is a grown man and he's married to this woman that he needs to become one with and you might be in the way. And so sometimes he's not thinking about that. So he has to cut the heartstrings that he has with mom. He has to tell his mom, okay, mom, I love you. I care about you. But my responsibility is to my wife, not you. And it's an emotional connection that he has to do because he's not willing to do it at first. And sometimes you got some men who've been married for 20 years. They still emotionally connect to their moms. So they are never, because watch this, You it's difficult to give your heart to two women. You can't do it. It's impossible. Now, again, I want you to hear this in context. I'm not saying that you should hate your mother. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be there for her. I'm not saying that you shouldn't love her. You should, but she doesn't come before your wife. I'm going to say that again. She doesn't come before your wife because you cannot give your heart fully to any relationship when somebody else has it. And this is the problem that many marriages are facing. If you're a young man listening to me, a young married couple listening to me, obviously this podcast is for you. I want you to realize and understand this can be corrected. You've got to repent and say, you know what? According to the scripture, I need to leave mom and dad. It's not a physical leaving, although we know you will, 
because you just can't live with your wife in one house and live with your parents in another house. That don't make sense. This is an emotional, psychological connection because I know the connection that boys have or men have with their mom. It's like something you've never seen before. I know I love my mom dearly, but I had to learn this principle. So one of the things that my wife and I talked about when we first got married is that whatever happens in our home stays here, right? So I couldn't run to my mom. She couldn't run to her parents' house. We've got to work it out. Now, if we need counsel and things of that nature, we seek out a pastor or someone that could help us. But one of the things about parents is that when you harm their kids, it's hard for them to look at their spouse in the same way because sometimes people don't really expect or they don't connect with the man's choice of woman that he decided to marry. So he, so she, the mom never really accepts the approval or she never gives the approval to the son. I don't really like her. Or the dad may say, I don't really like her. You know, we accept you, but you're just going to have to give us some time to accept her. And so you can't run to them because they're going to immediately side with you. They're going to immediately say, you know what? I didn't like her in the first place. And so that causes more dissension because around the holidays or anytime the family comes together, mom or dad, they given the young lady the side eye. And so as the man, you have to understand this and you have to say, mom, again, I love you, but I can't come over every time something happens. Dad, I love you. Yes, we can go fishing, but we can't go every day. We, we can't go every other day. You know, we'll have to maybe uh, set a time once a month or twice a month because I've got to connect with my wife. This is my family. Hey, mom. Hey, dad. I appreciate you. I love you. But you raised me to be an adult. And so I have to be an adult right now. And this is why a lot of times marriages just don't make it because he never left mom's house. He never left dad's house. But we see this clear in the scripture. This is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united with his wife and they become one flesh simply because she was taken out of man. That's close. So now she has every right to have the husband's heartstrings. And there's a war to roses going on. As you know, mama rear up and say, this gonna always be my baby boy. Well, maybe, but he's my husband. He's my man. And she's right about that. So men have to grow up and evolve according to the scripture, or this is going to be a huge problem in any marriage relationship. And if you are dealing with this, you've got to learn and grow up, my brother. You got to learn how. And sometimes the young lady got to grow up and she's got to understand that this process is going to take time. But knowing this from the onset will help a lot of things. I was reading and, and doing a study one day and it was saying how that girls, baby girls in the womb are six months more advanced than the baby boy. Imagine that, that the little girl or the baby that's a girl in the mom's womb and she's six months more advanced. She's got a half a year on most of every boy she come in contact with. Now think of you in a race with somebody and they got six months on you. We can never catch up. And this is one of the reasons why it takes a long time for men to mature, right? Because they grow up in families where some, they don't give a lot of responsibility to the boy. 
The little girl, she grows up. She got to learn how to clean the house, cook the meals, dish it, dishes. And the boy is somewhere sitting around. And maybe dad takes him out, teaches him how to cut grass. Maybe he doesn't. You know, he's just not given the responsibility. And what happens is if you got a young man in that dynamic, he grows up in that type of family. Now he's marrying you or he's marrying a one, a soon to be daughter. That was raised in a home where she's ready to go. She understands marriage. She she wants to submit. She wants to be the housewife. She wants to love, but she's marrying a little boy simply because he has not been taught to grow up. And so when we talk about unity today, we're talking about that man making a stand to unify with his wife over his mom and dad. He's got to leave to cleave. I'm going to say that again. He can't cleave if he don't leave. And so we've got to leave mom and dad emotionally. We got to set those boundaries. Whatever happens in the dynamic of our home stays there because I don't ever want to uncover my wife with my mom or my dad. Because again, they may not understand. They may not be so quick to forgive. I forgave what she did and moved on, but I made the mistake and told you what she did because I was upset and ran to your house. And this is why parents have to say, you know what? Y'all got to work this out. You got my prayers, but you need to go home. So you can't call me every time wife is not doing the right thing or vice versa. So what it does, they learn how to stick together and talk it out and work it out and communicate and love one another and grow up in the things of God. I know I spend a lot of time on this because I can talk about marriage stuff all day. But this is what I'm talking about. The spirit of unity, the attitude of what it is going to take to do the things that we need to do. All right. Now, I want to look again at verse number one because it says, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. So I want you to see this from a different light. In other words, it's really saying how commendable it is. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is. It is good in itself, agreeable to the will of God, the conformity of earth to heaven. It is good for us, for our honor and comfort. It is pleasant and pleasing to God and all good men should do it. It brings consistent delight to those who do thus and who live in the world in unity. Behold how good it is. We cannot conceive or express the goodness and the pleasantness of it. Behold, it is a rare thing and therefore admirable. Behold and wonder that there should be so much goodness and pleasantness among men, so much unity in the earth and in the heavens. Behold, it is again admirable, which will attract our hearts. Behold, it is an exemplary thing to be connected together. That's what verse number one really is saying when it says, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for us to dwell together in unity. So when we talk about, again, the spirit of unity, it's all of these things that I just mentioned to you. To God, it's everything when we can be together in the spirit. Now let's look at verse number two. 
It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments. I'm going to read that to you again. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, who was a priest, that went down to the skirts of his garment. Notice where it started. It started at the head. It is the fragrant as the holy anointing oil, which was strongly perfumed and diffused its odor. You couldn't deny it to the great delight of all the bystanders who were anointed when it was poured upon the head of Aaron or his successors, the high priest, so plentiful that it ran down the face, even to the collar or binding of the garment. So when it started at the head, it was lavishly poured on that head and it ran down the face, rushed down the face of the garments. But those that had beards, those men, that oil would be mingled in that beard, that beard that would grow and mature because the anointing oil, just like spiritual unity, it is for the mature. So you have to decide to be mature if you're going to walk in this level of spiritual unity. Those that don't want to walk in the spirit of unity, they'll never get to this place. They may be saved for 20, 30 years, but this is not about how long you've been saved. It's a decision to say, I'm going to walk in this level of unity. And the priest understood who were a representation of God, they had to be mature. Because they had to take the sins behind the veil and offer it up to the uh, offer it up to God. And it was so important. They tied a bell around his ankle. The priest who would go in. Now they didn't do it properly. The priest would die. And when the bell stopped ringing, they knew something was wrong. And with that rope, they pulled the priest from behind the veil. So this is important. When you are anointed by God for the spirit of unity, this oil is precious. This holy anointing oil is precious. And it ran down the head. Notice the thought life, the mindset. Everything starts with the mindset. That's why I said early in the show, we have to have the spirit of unity, an attitude, a mindset that we are going to stay connected. We're going to do everything we do and everything we say. We mean it and we do it. It was binding and it rushed down after it came off the beard down the skirts, down the folds of the garment. Watch this. Every part of my life operates in the spirit of unity. That oil that touches every aspect of my life says I am unified. I am one with Christ. I am one with my brother and sisters in the Lord. I am one with my husband and wife. Because if I can't be one with God, I can't be one with anyone. Because I don't have what it takes to be one with those that I even profess and say that I love. And so it ran down. So the ointment was holy. Why? Because God is holy. I'm going to say that again because we don't hear that enough. The ointment was holy because God is holy. And if we're going to operate like God is, we got to be holy. We got to do it right. That doesn't mean we're not going to make mistakes. That doesn't mean that we have to be perfect. But what it says is, I don't make room and allowances for messing up. I'm just not going to walk in a ditch because it's there, right? I'm going to walk around it. 
I'm going to try to get around it. I'm just not going to walk in and then make a mistake or make an excuse why I'm living in a bad situation. And so the ointment was holy. So must our brotherly love be with a pure heart devoted to God. We must love those that are begotten for his sake. And this is what it means when it says that you my brother in the Lord. We got the same mom. Excuse me. We got the same dad. God is our father. And so he's our parents, right? He's a father. He's not a mother. God is a father. And so he has our best interests at heart. He's the progenitor of all things. And so there's no need to be jealous. There's no need to be angry and envious because if the father gave it to you, he's well able to give it to me. And that's the problem. We have so much sibling rivalry in the body of Christ trying to outdo one another. That should never be. If we got the same father, he's going to provide for me like he's going to provide for you. He will not withhold anything from you and I if we walk upright before him. And so this is the attitude of gratitude that we have to have, not just because it's the month of November, not just because Thanksgiving is coming around the corner, but every day should be a day of Thanksgiving. And we're thanking and praising God that we have the mindset. I'm going to say that again. We got the mindset to be unified together. We do things differently, but there's greatness in unity or differences because you can do something I can't do. Why can't we unify and get the thing done? Why can't we unify and take over the neighborhood, the community? Again, we have to put our ego in check. Every business, sports team, whatever got destroyed because somebody couldn't put their ego in check. So it is in the world, so it is in the things of God and even in the body of Christ in the church. We got egos, we've got to put it in check and operate in the spirit of unity. So again, we have to understand that this ointment was a composition made up by a divine dispensatory. God appointed the ingredients and the qualities and the quantities. Thus believers are taught of God to love one another. We've got to do it. It is a grace of his working in us. It was a very precious and was not made for any other common use. The oil was not made for common use. It was made for service. And when we are anointed, right, by God to walk in the spirit of unity, it is for a purpose. It's to get something done in the earth. We can't get nothing done if we don't come together. So we've got to have the meeting of the minds. And when we can, we can see some supernatural things done in the earth realm. Look at verse three, my final verse. It says, as the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. That's so powerful. Notice that dew brings moisture, blessing, rain, increase, growth, fatness, provision, and longevity. It's a powerful thing about dew because even this morning as I was walking outside, I saw dew on my grass, water, and it will provide even what rain won't. Isn't that amazing? I don't know all how dew comes together and it comes to be, but it's amazing how it happens. God knows what we need. He knows what the grass needs. 
what the water in the sky won't bring down. He knows how to create through the pressures in the earth and different things that come together to produce the dew on the ground. And every time you see the dew on the grass, I want you to just think about unity. I just want you to think about God and his blessings. I want you to think about increase and growth and fatness and provision. I want you to think about longevity because that's what that really means. And notice the scripture says, the Lord commands the blessing. He said, I commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. So it is the will of God for me to live long and strong on the earth and be fully satisfied. Operating in unity causes longevity. Notice again, when we fussing and fighting and angry and mad and upset with one another, it hinders how long we can live on the earth. People have died because of stress, because it brings about sickness and disease. That is not of God. So we've got to get rid of all of these things that would seep in and creep in and kill our joy and our peace and bring to us sickness and disease. Notice the Lord commands the blessing, even life forevermore. So watch this. The blessing is in a specific location. He commands a blessing in a specific location. So you got to be where God is going to bless. I'm going to say that again. You have to be where God is going to bless. You can't tell God to bless your stuff. And I know people do that. Lord bless this. Are you at the right place? If you're not at the right place, God is just not going to just bless your stuff because you telling him to bless your stuff. It don't work like that. We'll say, Lord, I need a blessing. And God is like, you're not in the right place. You're not in the right place with your wife. You're not in the right place with your husband. You're not in the right place with the people in the body of Christ and the local church. You at odds with everybody. Yet, you want me to bless you. No, it doesn't work that way. So we've got to understand God is a God of order. And before God going to give you an idea for some money, he going to give you an idea to reunite and come together and repent with a husband or a wife or someone else in the body of Christ that you know you at odds with. We don't even need to pray about that stuff. You know you at odds with people. We got to fix that and get our heart right. Get at the right place at the right time. Notice the Bible talks about the prophet who God said, I'm going to feed you with the ravens. I believe it was Elijah. And God said, Elijah, I want you to get by the brook called Cherith and there I've commanded the ravens to feed you there. Not where you want to go, Elijah, where I tell you to be. God's blessing is in a specific location. I want you to be very diligent about asking God, are you in the right place? Geographically or in your mindset, in your mentality, are you in the right place for God to bless you? Here's how powerful God is. God would have sent that blessing, those ravens, he would have sent those ravens with the food that was necessary for the prophet, he would have sent it right there. And what if Elijah was somewhere else? God said, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm going to still send it heaps upon heaps where you were supposed to be. Sometimes we don't get what we need to get because we're simply not there. I want you to get there. You may be here, but God says, I want you there. And there I will bless you. There I will keep you. There I will sustain you. There I will cause growth and fatness. There you will see my plenty, my provision of rain and increase. Watch this. And even longevity. If you just get 
there you'll see the blessing. This is why we leave. This is why we leave. This is why God can say something to us and we say, y'all, I got to go because my blessing is where he told me to be, not where I want to be. And when we understand these principles, these few principles that I've given about the spirit of unity, your life will be resurrected today. I don't think we hear much about the spirit of unity. Maybe you haven't heard it in this way. But I pray that it blessed you today and helped you to see some things that could be wrong about your life right now and how to just by these few verses in Psalms that will help you to understand God is not playing with us. He desires to bless us, but he wants us to get in the right place at the right time with the right mindset. All right. So that's all that I wanted to share with you today. Again, I pray that this word from the Lord, blessed you, empowered you, helped you to see, give you a perspective of where you need to be at this particular time and season in your life. I'm praying for you. I want you to send me an email. If this blessed you today, let me hear from you. Send me an email at info at thomasadeloach.com. I'm the only one that reads these emails and I will be the only one that will respond back to you. So let me hear from you today. You can also go to my website at thomasadeloach.com. There's a subscriber tab right there on the home screen. Put your email in that box and click the send button and I will send you back a free PDF that will help you in your walk with God. Also, if you will scroll Almost to the bottom of the screen, there's a donation tab. I'm looking for partners. Who's willing to partner with me to keep to empower you coming to you and others that will be empowered by the good word of the Lord. No dollar amount is too big or too small. Partner with me as I am partnering with you through these weekly episodes as I hope and pray that they are strengthening you, keeping you strong, keeping you going in the things of God most certainly is my prayer. All right. I want you to get out there today. Do something good with your life. Today is the only day that you have. Make it a good one because this is the day the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. And everything you do, do it with the spirit of unity and know that this works. It is pleasing to the heart of God and it has great rewards. All right. And until next time, be empowered. Thank you for listening to my show to empower you. If you were blessed, inspired, and encouraged, please send me a praise report, prayer requests, or show ideas to info at thomasadeloach.com. And follow me on Instagram at Thomas A. Deloach and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be empowered.